What's up, beauties? You're tuning in to the Clean Beauty Podcast, hosted by celebrity makeup artist Cassandra McClure. You may have attended one of her Clean Beauty conferences or subscribed to the Clean Beauty Kit, her lifestyle subscription box. However you got here, welcome. Join us each week to learn about all things clean beauty. Let us know where you're listening from by tagging at Clean Beauty Podcast. Check us out anytime at cleanbeautypodcast.com to learn more. Today, we're going to be talking with Amy Galper. She is a best-selling author, a clean beauty connoisseur, nationally acclaimed educator, a serial entrepreneur, an essential oil expert, and product developer and pioneer. Amy Galper wears lots of hats, and her greatest passion is teaching. So hi, Amy, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me, Cassandra. Of course. It's great to be here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And where are you uh, tuning in from? Oh, I'm here in New York City, actually. Mm -hmm. I'm in my little studio, which used to be my, um, which used to be my school. I had a school here in New York. I was the first aromatherapy school in New York City. I taught not only uh, how to use essential oils and certify people as aromatherapists, but we also had a natural uh, product formulating school here. So it was a big booming school from 2013 all the way up until last year, 2020. And I actually had to close the school because of the pandemic. And so now I use the space as my little video studio for all of my online classes. So I am literally broadcasting live from the East Village in New York City. So that's, that's where awesome. Right so mm -hmm. what got you into essential oils to begin with? Well, um, I, I actually have been working with essential oils for over 20 years. And I first was introduced to them in the late 90s. And during that time, I had gone through a kind of a bit of a kind of a healing crisis, like shift kind of thing. And I was really leaning into like being a vegan and plant medicine and natural kind of lifestyle stuff, trying to really get rid of all like toxic things. And a friend of mine at the time um, was just got introduced to essential oils. And I was, um, I had just gotten my certification as a shiatsu therapist. And I was really fascinated by the whole, like how mind body connection works. And when I took a smell of one of her essential oils, and I think it was sandalwood was the first oil I ever smelled. It like completely transported me. And I knew within like this nanosecond that like the oils provided that mind body connection that I had been like really seeking, like in my, wow. you know, my explorations into being a vegan and doing shiatsu and yoga and all this stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, the answer is here in essential oils. And that's kind of like how it all started. Wow. Okay. So before that, um, what, what did you, what, what were you doing in your career? Like, where were you at professionally? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So what I was doing before that is I actually came to New York city, like a long time ago, I'll date myself like 30 something years ago, um, to be an actress actually, and to be involved as a performer. So I was doing a lot of that. I was also doing some teaching, um, I'd always loved like that engagement. So I was doing like some shiatsu teaching. I was doing like other kinds of teaching and um, that's kind of what I was doing. But 
I took a break, a little bit of a break from that to, to, um, and I worked in a, um, like a post-production house for commercials for like two years. And that's actually the time when I met my husband. And, um, it's also when I started to study, like when I really started to drill down on like, you know, herbalism and plant medicine and shiatsu and aromatherapy and all of that stuff. So right before, like I, I launched like my work as a pract, you know, as a practitioner doing aromatherapy and shiatsu, I had just been like learning, um, and transitioning out of being a performer. And then, um, yeah, so that's kind of where it came out of. And then I started my own product brand back in, um, like around 2003, I started a brand called Boudinos, which um, at the time saw really great success. I was like one of the first brands in New York City that was literally making it in my kitchen. And um, it saw a really uh, amazing distribution considering it was like before Facebook and Instagram. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think what the world was like before social media. So, um, the brand did really well. And, um, and then that just kind of, um, pushed me into this career as a real like educator and advocate for what I called back then conscious beauty. And I was really trying to teach and educate and celebrate like what plant ingredients could do for our skin and for our overall well-being, And that's kind of like how it all started. Awesome. That's so cool. So you went from working, were you in, were you on like Broadway? Like what? Uh, off Broadway stuff. Okay. I was never like a Broadway star, but I did some, per- a lot of performances in off Broadway theater and a few like commercials here and there, voiceover, stuff like that. Cool. Um, but I actually went to school, like to um, a conservatory, like acting school in New York city, which is what brought me here. Awesome. Um, so that's what, you know, kind of initially brought me to the city. Where so. are you originally from? I was born in Chicago, born and raised in Chicago. Cool. So your family's there? Yeah. My parents are still there. My brother has moved away many, many years ago, but I still have some extended family there. Yeah. Nice. So you fell in love with New York. You decided to make your career there and then um, started dabbling in 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 educating yourself about essential oils Mm -hmm. before you really got into creating your your first product. And then from there, then what? Well, what happened was since I was one of the first, literally one of the first brands to carry the USDA organic seal on my products and um, was really focusing on fewer ingredients, whole plant ingredients. Um, Soon, like by the mid 2000s, other brands and there there was a small like resurgence of what was like green organic beauty started to like bubble at least certainly here in New York City like a lot of women were starting brands in their homes and whole foods came to New York City at that point with whole whole body and like there was like a real movement happening and when that happened a lot of these young you know beginning brands and also established brands started to realize that they didn't want to use um, ingredients that were synthetic. They didn't want to use fragrances, right? Because there was now all this new research showing how concerning they were. So people started to come to me to ask advice, like where I got my ingredients, who blended my scents. 
And that's how kind of my little consulting practice as a product developer kind of grew is that people started to, you know, ask me to educate them and their team or help them with their formula or do a private label for them. So what happened was, is I guess the, the journey was I went from practitioner to brand owner. The brand was distributed all over the world. I had like a huge um, following in Japan and, um, and in Germany and other countries. And then, um, and then this consultancy practice kind of started to bubble. And then that a lot of things shifted around 2011 for me. Um, I really wanted to get out of the product business at that point. And my consulting really started to pick up. But what I realized from the consulting business is that there was no real place to get educated in New York City. Like I would meet with people and go to their offices and people just knew nothing. And they were so hungry for this information like about plant ingredients and essential oils. It was still so new. And so around 2011, 2012 is when I had the idea of starting a school. And I was like, we need a formal place. And after living in New York since like the mid eighties, I couldn't believe after doing research, Cassandra, there was actually no school in New York like where you could get educated on this stuff. Like you could get anything you want in New York City, like anything, but this you couldn't find. <laughs> so I was like, I can't believe that. So I actually um, started a school in 2013 and then the rest really just grew from there. So that's kind of like how the trajectory happened. So you started consulting, you, you realized a lot of people are asking you for this consulting because they're not able to get the information elsewhere. And then how do you scale as a consultant unless you are doing these trainings, right? So you're like, okay, I can only meet so many people if I consult, but if I teach, I'm able to have a class. Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly. And I'm able to also touch so many more lives. You know, the, the people that came to the school were really from all different walks, you know, like they were a lot of women who were leaving their corporate jobs and wanted to live a more natural life. They were, you know, we had holistic nurses and physicians and chiropractors and all sorts of wellness professionals. We had, you know, millennials who were like eager to get into the wellness space and make a mark for themselves with authors. We had, you know, it was just like so many people who were interested in this topic. So it kind of opened up this world of so many more people who wanted access to the information, which was amazing, you know? Where did you so, go to your first class? <laughs> my very first class, actually, I rented um, a space, literally, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, for $25 an hour. Oh, I was gonna like, say, how, how much did you charge them? City. And how much was it? I wanna know all no, the right? 24 or $5 an hour. That's great. There was an old abandoned, well, it was not abandoned anymore, but it had been abandoned public school building in my neighborhood. And I live in the Lower East Side in Manhattan. Mm. And um, it was taken over by artists. So all of the classrooms, right, were like now the artists' studios, right? So it was like this nonprofit organization kind of took over this abandoned school yeah, and like repurposed the... it, mm -hmm. like repurposed it. Yeah. And so it was in my neighborhood. So I just walked in and went to like the office and I said, hey, do you have any empty classrooms that you want to like rent me? 
And they were like, yeah, actually. And so I, uh, I used one of their classrooms. It was, it was really great on a lot of levels. One, it was like super affordable because I totally bootstrapped the beginning of the business. Um, but you know, there were other issues with it. It didn't, it didn't ultimately work out. I was there maybe just for a couple of months. And then I moved into actually, um, there is a ashram in the East village. Um, and at the time they were doing yoga trainings, um, Ayurvedic cooking trainings. Perfect. So you're um, kind it of was people. like a, <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of like a, uh, like a Hare Krishna kind of ashram That's spot. Cool. And um, I had a friend who was part of that community. And when I wanted to get out of that other place, they were like, oh my gosh, we would love to have you. And that was a beautiful space. I, it was such a blessing. It was so great to be there. It was a beautiful room with beautiful light and like, it was wonderful. And then I did that until things started to grow so much for me. I realized that I needed my own space after a while. And that's when I found the storefront um, in, in the East village. So, yeah. Okay. So you've been there since then you've had the yeah, same. So I've been, yeah. I've been here in this studio, um, since like 2014, 2000. Oh, that's really cool. So, yeah. So mm -hmm. did you have, were you working with anyone else? Because I'm just thinking about how would you market that first event? Like, did you <laughs> post flyers up or did you, I mean, online still, like you said, wasn't really, we, we didn't connect really that way about events. So how did you yeah. figure out about that um, first one? Was it just all the consulting and you're like, Hey, I'm actually holding this thing. And you kind of, yeah, I mean, kind yeah. Because I have to say like my brand Buddha knows, um, I had grown up, you know, a very, you know, email marketing in the early two thousands is not like it was now. Right. Mm. But I had a good list. I had like 3,000, 5,000 people, something like that on my Buddha nose list, like on my product list. So I started that way. Mm. Like I would email and then, yeah, I did guerrilla marketing back then. It was like posters, postcards. I got them printed up, dropped them piles off at different yoga studios all over. Um, you did all and this then yourself? I put up yeah, I did That's it all awesome. myself in the beginning. And then I, um, you know, I put up a website like on Weebly, you know, it was one of those free back then it was totally free to do a website. And then all you needed was really PayPal. So you could really bootstrap it without spending any money. And um, my husband's an artist. So he helped me like with the visual stuff because I'm terrible that way. And uh, it's nice to have a partner that supports like my, oh, husband, yeah. he does all the tech and upgraded all my equipment and like, this is <laughs> how you do it. And I still, like you saw before we started, I had to get his help because Right. There's so many cords and stuff and buttons <laughs> and I don't want to sound, you know, so it's nice to have um, an artistic husband. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I'm very lucky. He's amazing. So he's been incredible. Did he help with your book? Um, no, no. <laughs> I mean, that was through a publisher. I wish, you know, but it wasn't self-published. So the publisher like had their own design team. It was like part of the whole contract. So cool. So, so you like, found your I, space and yeah. you knew it was the space for you and you started mm -hmm. to grow even more with your, uh, with like when you started, was there a certain amount of people that you're like, I can handle this many people. And there were 10 or 20 and then you grew or you started big and you kind of went down. 
Um, it started small. I think my very first class had like seven or 10 people, which at the time I thought was a massive amount of people. Yeah, it is. Like I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God. But that just shows you too, that New York City needed this. Mm. Like I just put it, there was nobody teaching aromatherapy classes here in the whole city, you know? And so it was like kind of crazy that no one else was doing this. So I, um, and at the time too, I was doing like little hour classes, like at different yoga studios all over the city. So it was another way that I marketed. Mm -hmm. Like I would go in for like a introduction to essential oils, an hour class at a yoga studio in Soho or uptown or whatever. And then I would leave my postcards and then the people heard about my classes. So that was another way that I got people interested. Mm -hmm. And then also my brand Buddha knows got a lot of press coverage back in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And I maintained really good relationships with a lot of the, the people that wrote the articles back then. Mm -hmm. And so when I launched the school, I just reached out to people on my media list that I was still keeping in touch with. And I was really fortunate to get like a couple of of key like placement articles. Like I got a great article in Well and Good right when they were starting out in 2013, I think. They were still more like a blog. They weren't as huge as they are now. And they wrote a great piece about me. And I think that brought in a lot of traffic. So I think that there were like certain things that definitely helped. And then word of mouth, you know, and um, it just grew. But yeah, absolutely at one point, I realized, I guess it was in 2016 um, when I got the book deal for Plant Powered Beauty. And how did that I happen? could own, well, I was. How do you one get a book students, deal? Like, what is that? I know, it's like, listen, I don't even know how that happens because honestly, this all happened in a very magical way. So I've been teaching classes since 2013. And I, at this point, had like several hundred people coming through my program. And my classes were growing and growing. Like I, I had to turn people away, literally, because I could only fit like 20 something people in this classroom. So it's like, I couldn't really hold a bigger group. Anyway, one of the students of mine, it was a book agent. And I didn't know that that's what she did. I had no idea. And she went through my program. And then like a couple months later, I get a call from her and she's like, I'm a book agent. And I think that you need to write a book. And I'm going to help you. And this is what we're going to do. And literally like within a month, it happened. Like we didn't even have to shop the book proposal. So, like she did the whole thing. It was like, she just went poof book. You know, she was amazing. So she's my co-author because the whole book would not have happened without her. I'm just so um, indebted to her for that incredible experience. And not only that, as I mentioned before, I'm not very visual and she is really good at the visuals. And so she worked really closely with the publisher and she's really responsible for how beautiful the book is. So it was really her eye and her aesthetic that really guided the book, the, how the book looks and everything. And so, um, yeah, Christina is my co-author and she's amazing. And yeah, she was one of my students and that's how the book happened. So that's really awesome. pretty amazing. So yeah. up until this point, you still didn't, you didn't have a team. Like when well and good came, it was someone else in your class, right? Like, is that how that came too? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I didn't start hiring people till, 
Well, actually, when I moved into the space, like here, 2014, end of 2014, um, I was, I needed an assistant. So I just hired like a personal assistant, to be honest. And then by 2016, end of 2015, I realized I can't teach every class. There was such a demand for classes. I just physically couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So I trained, I ended up training um, four teachers in, um, 2015, the end of 2015. And then I trained them. And then we were able to basically offer like three times as many more classes. And then that enabled me to hire, um, to make like four other administrative hires, like, um, a director of operations, a director of student services, you know, someone like that. And the team really grew. I mean, before I had to close in because of the pandemic, when New York shut down last March, uh, 2020, I had like eight people. I had two full-time people and then all the rest were part-timers, but I had to let everyone go. It was so sad. Oh my gosh. So, (laughs) so, uh, backing up a little bit. So for Buddha, Buddha So did you, integrate the the products in all the classes so that you would sell the products that way is that how you did that is that why you first no actually I really wanted out of the product business I really tried to close down Boudinot's by the time I opened the school um being sell anything through the uh I didn't really sell Boudinot's but what happened I mean, to be honest, being the face of a product brand and I, and listen, I do product development for dozens of different small beauty brands. I realized after doing it from like 2003 to about 2011, 2012. So that's like seven, eight years. And I saw great run. I realized it wasn't for me. Like I couldn't, I, I, that wasn't where I envisioned my world. Um, it's very hard work. It's a very different, you know, thing. I just realized I didn't want to be a product person like that anymore. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I just tried to like tie it up and finish it. But, and then I thought to myself, I'm never selling retail again. I'm never pushing products on people. I'm just never doing that. But my students started to demand it. They were like, they were like, wait a minute, you know, the essential oil that you just showed us is so beautiful. I want to buy that. How come I can't buy that from you? So then I ended up having to fill the shop with all sorts of things. And I, I had a retail store here too, because people wanted to buy essential oils and all sorts of, well, yeah. How do you go to a class and get taught how to work with oils and then not be able to purchase them? Or, or, yeah. So, I mean, I did, I did provide kits, but ultimately I had to open up a shop for everyone to buy what they needed for the course. So yeah, I did do that. And, and is that still true to today? Like, is, is that how, how it works? Um, well, I had to close. Well, yeah, but before you had to close. Yeah. Before I had to close. Yeah. So basically the store was open when there weren't classes. So if we had classes at night, the store was open like from 12 to six every day. And I saw on your uh, Facebook that you're renting it out now to anybody, right? Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, that's cool. you know. So anyone in New York that's listening, uh, if what's your address? <laughs> exactly. If anyone's in New York City who's looking for a beautiful space 
to do events, to do a photo shoot, video shoots, or to actually even turn into your own little store. Um, talk to me. I'd be happy to, uh, sub, yeah, or a little pop-up or something. And New York City is opening up now like crazy. People yeah. are back at it. So it's a good time spring. If someone wants to do like a little clean beauty pop-up shop, this is like the perfect environment. So that would be great. Yeah. That's awesome. So now you, your book is in, is in the store, but is there, other, are there other products that you've endorsed or that you've created? Because if you work with other small beauty brands, how can you not want those? Like you helped create them. So how, I mean, are they in your store I mean, too? Yes and no. Some of them I'm under an NDA. So I can't say oh, like wow. who's okay. who and all that, but depending on the formulations and stuff. But I have worked with a few, you know, wonderful brands. Like I've worked with Persoma. I've worked with um, um, Ali Biologique, though I think she just rebranded. I've worked with, um, you know, all sorts of different brands. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So it really depends on, you know, and usually I work with brands right when they're starting out, you know, right in the beginning. So I just am coming off of three projects right now where I helped them as a product developer. And now I'm kind of passing them off to the next consultant to take them now through the manufacturing process and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I enjoy that very much. I love working in that beginning stage because they really come to me when they want to figure out their ingredients, you know, and they know that I am part of the Credo Clean Beauty Council and that I understand the Credo Clean Beauty standards, which are now becoming like these standards that a lot of manufacturers and chemists are actually following. Mm. Um, so they know I understand that. They want to make sure that they comply with those standards. So um, I work in that beginning stage of really helping them figure out ingredients and all of that. And then I help, I pat, you know, and then I work with the chemist and then we pass them off to the manufacturer at that point. Awesome. So as an advocate for clean beauty and credo, um, is, is that tied into working with these brands and, and getting to know what was neat, what was necessary for them to, adhere to those standards and then you was a natural fit for you they asked you to come in or do you know um the founder or are you ah yeah credo yeah I knew the founders um I mean I know um Annie Jackson uh and I knew Sashi um so I met Annie and Sashi actually right when I started my school back in 2013 I don't even think they had the name credo yet mm -hmm. but I think they were just starting out the idea of the concept and um I met them back then and I ended up um consulting with them they just brought me on as a consultant and that's how I met them back in I guess it was 2013 or something like that, right around when I started the school. And then I've always been, I've always been around. <laughs> so I've worked with them ever since, you know, and then when they finally put their clean beauty council together, which I think was back in 2017, maybe, or 18, they announced it or 15, 16, sometime around then. 
um, you know, I officially became a member at that point. But even up until then, I would do little consulting projects. And I also helped them. I supported them when they were opening up different stores around the country and training their sales teams about ingredients. Like New York. So they, and- yeah, New York. I did a training in LA. I did a training in Chicago. So every time, you know, they would bring me in and I would, you know, I would do a training with their uh, managers to teach them about clean ingredients. So I did that with them for a while before the Clean Beauty Council came up. Um, but yeah, so I've been involved with Credo really from the beginning and they're amazing, an exceptional group of women and just such visionaries and just, just like real people, like amazing, amazing people. So I feel very blessed to have had that relationship with them for so long. And then you went from, from there. I remember seeing you at Indie Beauty Expo. I sat front row. I think you were talking to Claire or. I don't know if you're on a panel or I I forgot, but I remember, Mm -hmm. I think I even had, had, had like, you know, I was, I was there as like, um, they had me as like a, almost like an influencer. Um, Mm -hmm. and so you have been asked to speak all over the country Mm -hmm. too, and, Mm -hmm. um, became a huge, just uh, leader in the space. How do you feel about, walking into, I don't know, Walgreens or Costco. And, and like, I feel like the clean beauty space has has gone so far. And I think we're just like, (laughs) we've accomplished, but then I get a wake up call when I walk into those stores. How do you feel like walking into a place like that and not being able to really buy anything? (laughs) Well, I mean, honestly, I say this a lot. It's not really any different than how I deal with my food, how I shop for my food, you know? You know, so it is really hard um, to find those things, but it's just like, it's equally hard to go into one of those stores and try to find like really good quality, healthy food too, in some instances. Mm. So I think it's the same kind of vigilance to labels and fresh ingredients and whole ingredients and all of that. I mean, a lot of these big stores like Walmart, for example, you know, they are making certain efforts to be more conscious. Like I know Walmart many years ago made the commitment not to have any antibiotics in any of their dairy that they sold. So like some of them are definitely like, you know, trying to be more mindful about this. Um, and I think it's only going to grow, you know, I mean, Target now is huge and really supportive and advocates all sorts of more natural, um, uh, in food and in body and skincare. Um, but I think it's really just about education too. And I think also more about in a way, democratizing it, not making it this like exclusive luxury item, but that it's accessible to everyone. And I think once we kind of break that next barrier and that it w- we'll start to see it permeate more, you know, and that's starting already, you know, mm-hmm. the, um, I know um, Walgreens, I know had an initiative a few years ago. I know um, Ulta has a big now conscious beauty section now. So you're seeing it now creep in to these other kind of um, big box stores, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I'm trying to think of like the closest thing food wise. I mean, I Trader Joe's, I get a lot of organic food there, but mm-hmm. that's pretty much other than whole foods, because a lot of, you know, I think that it can be expensive at times for certain things. So um, totally. I think food is, is a big issue too. So that's a great comparison. Um, mm-hmm. So you're now, you're also a guest lecturer at uh, New York university. Is that mm-hmm. still, are, are you doing virtual? Yeah. Virtual. Awesome. Every, everyone is virtual. I did a, I did a talk in the fall for the fall semester and I'm actually due to do another talk this spring. Um, I met many years ago, one of the professors in the undergrad program. Um, she's a physician and she was teaching like a, a pre-med track on complementary medicine, like alternative and complementary care. And um, aromatherapy was like a topic within the semester. I think they also learned about acupuncture and learned about, you know, um, herbalism and other kinds of complementary things. So I met her years ago and I've been, um, I've been a guest speaker in her class now. Oh my God, it might be going on five years or so. Wow. The last five or so years. So I usually go in maybe once a year or twice a year. And, yeah. and you again, speak on, um, what, what is it, what is the title of your class called? <laughs> More about like, what is aromatherapy and how does it work? And That's why awesome. is it like, uh, you know, an important, um, an important component to complementary and care and, and why, and why does it work and how can we use it every day to improve our well-being? So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I think that'll have to be the topic of our next podcast. <laughs> I um, would love that. We're going on, yeah, we're going on a half hour. This has been so great. I could talk to you all day. I still have so many questions. <laughs> um, so where can people find you and okay. chat with you if they have a question? Where you? Okay. Where do you hang out the most? And I know you're on Clubhouse um, a little bit, but a little bit. I'm trying to get more active and I got really excited in January. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this could totally suck up my whole day. I have to be more disciplined about like when I go on and when I go on, it was like too overwhelming. So, um, clubhouse, like if you follow me on clubhouse and hit the little bell, you'll see when I am appearing on clubhouse. So that would be a great way to connect with me, but really Instagram, I think is the best way. So you should follow me on Instagram at Amy Galper. And I'm really good at responding to direct messages. Like just DM me if you have any questions whatsoever. And then you can also go to my website, amygalper.com. I have an aromatherapy class, an aromatherapy certification class that I'm opening for enrollment in in the next few weeks. So if you're excited about learning about essential oils and aromatherapy, um, sign up to get notified. And um, we're going to have a really awesome um, open enrollment coming up in, the, in a few weeks in April. Uh, and so that would be a really great way to connect to. But like I said, Instagram is really one of the best ways. I'll respond as soon as I can. So that's a good way to follow me. So do you, you run your account? Mm-hmm. You run, yeah, you run I run my Instagram? account. Okay, cool. Yeah. A lot of people have. I run my own Instagram at this point. Good for you. <laughs> I'm trying. I don't post as often as I should. I'm trying to get better, but we all are. And I know. Yeah. (laughs) Not everybody can say that they run their own Instagram that is as big as you. So that's Mm -hmm. cool to hear. 
Um, they don't have to go through some assistant VA. Um, (laughs) so, um, thank you so much for coming onto the clean beauty podcast. Uh, for those that are listening on Spotify or through Alexa or, um, iTunes, you can watch this interview over on social media. So you can find it on our YouTube channel or our website, cleanbeautypodcast.com. Um, and like Amy said, if you have any questions, you can get a hold of her. The show notes will be down below with all those details. Um, thank you for listening. And thank you so much for being a guest because this is so great. I'm so excited to have, um, to have you here and to invite you to clean beauty con. We have to have you at the conference this year. Um, and- oh, I would love it. Cassandra. Yeah. Yes. Are you going to do it live? Uh, yeah. Live? So we're planning our in-person conference. Um, we're planning an outdoor venue, but July, August, I mean, we'll, okay. we'll have our vaccines and everyone will <laughs> be able to be out. So we might still, about, yeah. yeah. So I absolutely would love to have you there. So we will, um, we'll keep in touch about that. And, oh, absolutely. Um, 100%. Great to either have you on a panel or, um, you know, have you, have you as a keynote, because I think, you know, what you have to offer is amazing. If anybody hasn't heard, uh, the book, um, heard about the book, definitely check it out. Can they find that on Amazon? Oh yeah. Plant power beauty. I actually have two books. I have another book that just came out in the fall. Oh, congratulations. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. I didn't even talk about that one, but there's plant power beauty. And then the other book that just came out in the fall is the ultimate guide to aromatherapy. So if you go on Amazon and you just put in my name, Amy Galper, you'll see both books come up. Oh, that's so, awesome. Um, I need to find that them on one. Amazon. Yeah. Hey, well, you are keeping busy. That's great. Um, and you said your, your studio that you're renting out is in what area? East village. East village. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, well again, thank you so much for your time today. Happy Friday. Yeah. Happy Friday. I'll see you on clubhouse. Yeah. I look forward to it. Okay. Bye Cassandra. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.